From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. Here we go. Episode 254. We're talking about the victim mentality, the mind of someone stuck in anxiety. I'm sure you know someone like this, but what are the behaviors of someone who is stuck in that mentality, who's stuck in anxiety? Maybe you are. Maybe you need a slap in the face to realize the behaviors you're doing every day that are building upon this foundation of the victim. And we see that in Groundhog Day with Phil, you know, this guy who's stuck in this bubble, this fear of he's stagnant in his position. He's become bitter and resentful towards everybody in the world, existence itself. And, you know, he gets slapped in the face so many times by his coworker Rita when he says stupid things. And then he starts to realize, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that tomorrow. And so he starts to reorient himself. He starts to change his actions and thus he shifts his underlying beliefs, his foundation shifts. Now, our actions are way more sophisticated than our representations. It's difficult to think our way to happiness. It's through action that determines how we accomplish, well, how we build upon this strong and confident foundation. And it's through meditation, it's through exercise, it's through sacrifices we make on a daily basis that determine how maintained our inner garden is. But before we dive in more on this topic, this is the last podcast episode for the next two weeks because I'm going on my honeymoon with Maggie. We're going to Italy, we're going to Rome, and so we're having a little wedding ceremony there as well and it's going to be awesome super excited about that so i will be posting reruns of the episode but they're not just any old rerun they are really prominent and powerful episodes that you need to re-listen to or you might have not even have caught so listen to them because i'm posting them for a reason they are powerful and They are necessary for self-development. Okay, guys? So, yes, you can also email me. You can still continue to contact me even though I will be overseas. Um, I will still be a part of the community and I'll keep you guys updated on what's what, what's going on and uh, let you know how things are on the honeymoon. So, with that being said, let's dive in. So, the victim mentality... Here's the thing about that. When you become a slave to someone or something, then you eventually become bitter and resentful. Well, why? Well, you take a piece of your spirit, your soul out little by little. We see that in Voldemort. Every time he would kill somebody, a piece of his soul left him and he became this empty shell of a human being. He wasn't even a human anymore. He actually devolved into this animal, right? You don't even feel 
much hatred towards Voldemort at one point. You just feel like, oh, it's in his nature because he's so animalistic. He just kills. He just hunts because he literally looks like a snake, right? He's no different than a snake. But it's interesting how a piece of his soul is slowly over time taken away from him and he becomes this hollow devolved human being and I feel like that's us when we are a slave to someone or something and we continuously act out that slave-like personality or way of being then our soul is slowly being taken from us and we become hollow inside we lose self-respect we we lose self-love and you continuously stack up guilt and shame within your being. You act out someone you do not like, you do not admire, you do not respect. This was me when I was suffering from anxiety because I was acting out these behaviors on a day-to-day basis that made me feel weak, shameful, guilty, uh, insecure. Um, I I felt like an unhealthy person. So What are these behaviors that keep someone stuck in a state of suffering, a state of anxiety? Well, the words they use are generally negative. We all know someone, and you might be this person, but we all know someone like this. Their perceptions of existence are targeted on the pain of the day to day. They're hyper-focused on what's going on wrong. Like Michael Singer says, the great spiritual teacher and author, he says that when we stack so much of what we do not like in this world, all of this negative emotion, right? We, from the time we're born up into adulthood, we're stacking things we do not like. We react to certain situations in a very negative way. And so whenever that situation would pop up later on in life, we react to it with that negative emotion, right? So when we stack so much of this negative emotion up all around us, then most of our experience is met with obstacles, which is negative emotion. And now we, we've learned to react to these obstacles in a very negative way. This is always something I'm working on because, yeah, I, I'm not perfect. I'm not coming to you guys as this fully-fledged, uh, realized, neutral and emotion person. I'm always working on myself. So I love to do this podcast weekly so that we together are continuously growing, right? We're always growing. That's the mentality of someone with a growth mindset, right? But those that are negative, those that have all of this stacked baggage up around them, they're projecting their overstuffed garage, right? Of these painful life experiences out onto the people around them. So when you are met with this type of person in the mall, in the car, like on the road, they give you the finger or they yell back at you, should you take it personally? Or are they projecting all of what's not okay in their lives onto you? You know, I've met people and they've instantly showed 
hostility or resistance or aggression towards me right away. And I thought, wow, I really took that personally, but they don't know me. So why am I taking it personally? They are projecting something going on in their life. Maybe their mom is suffering from an illness. Maybe they are, they're suffering from an illness. Maybe they lost somebody they love. Like who knows what's going on in their life, right? We tend to take it personally, but hey, that is a projection of what's going on in their life. They're not okay inside. Instead of fighting for something better, which first requires you to acknowledge that things are not okay in your life, they remain stagnant in their sphere of suffering because that's all they know, right? It becomes habitual, becomes repetitive. It becomes Groundhog Day for them. It's suffering is, has been in their life for a long time. It's hard to shine a light on the things that are making you not okay, that you could do better because potential serves as this ultimate judge, right? If you come into contact with someone who's successful, you just see this outer layer of the successful person they, and they serve as a judge because they're shining a light on the, the person the person who you are not, right? And, and if you feel that insecurity, if you feel that envy, then that's a, a signal of what's going on internally more than anything else. You know, are you not meeting your potential? Are you not growing? Are you not improving? Are you not accumulating what you really want to accumulate in your life? And shining a light on that is the first step. And it requires a lot of humility and, you know, it's painful. There's no better way to describe that. It's painful. But when you stop saying words that make you feel weak, then you take on the challenges of your life like a call to responsibility. And that's another big thing to realize you take on the challenges like a personal mountain to climb right when you when you stop telling people how bad you've got it expecting some sort of reassurance love support and that makes you feel good no wonder you keep going back to it because it's providing you with something but when you stop saying those words, it's I noticed within me that, hey, this is my burden to carry. It's my ring. It's the one ring I'm trying to carry into Mordor. This is mine, right? Should I hand it over to somebody else? It's like, no, this is mine. This is my challenge. And bearing that forthrightly, voluntarily that that was one of the big game changers for me in terms of my recovery from anxiety that this is something that my parents can't help me with I have to look towards 
the unknown. And when I did, I found mentors and people that I could relate to that suffered the same way I was suffering and overcame it. And then think the doors opened up around me when I started to look elsewhere other than my safe, secure area, my, my sphere that I always relied on. Breaking out of that sphere is so important. So we tend to get caught up in a community. If you're in that victim-like mentality, you tend to get caught up in the community of who's got it worse, right? You, you hang around coworkers that complain, whine about how bad things are. And then, of course, your focus, your aims are towards the negatives. What, what about the positives? Because with the negatives, there's always positives, so what about those things? Like, how is this tough time that you're contending with actually a good thing? How is this making you a better person, right? And we tend to focus so much on what's wrong in our current situation. The stagnant mindset knows no other way of being in the world. And that's interesting because... They've conducted themselves in such a way that the programming in their mind is running autom- it's running in a way that's been running for as long as you've known. And how do you know the quality of someone's life? Well, for example, if they are living without sugar, right? They quit sugar. And you, and you criticize them, say, oh, I can't do what you do. How can you do that? Well, have a piece of cake and you try and force, you know, what you can't control onto somebody who's trying just to be better, right? So, but how do you know the quality of their life who quit sugar if you yourself have never lived without sugar, right? You don't know what life is on that other side. And so when you open yourself up to the idea that you yourself could leave sugar behind, then you beckon the possibility of something better. The developing mindset is a continuous seeker in the world of possibility, always looking for the next thing or ways to improve what's current, always breaking the walls down and moving beyond. That's what I was doing with the keto diet. When I first moved out of the all-American diet I was on, I first stumbled into, well, like you stumble into it, right? You're always bad at it. So when I started keto, I was pretty much, I was dirty. You know, I was eating a lot of, um, what's it, um, sugar alcohols, I was eating a lot of like almond butter, dark chocolate, um, thinking that it was okay. But when I later quit the dark chocolate, quit the almond butter, quit the spinach, quit the uh, sugar alcohols, I was feeling better and better and better and better. But I wouldn't have felt this way that I do now without breaking the walls continuously and moving forward, moving forward. So the developing mindset is a continuous onlooker out 
into the world of possibility. Now, they understand that grinding away at something worthwhile will eventually produce results. Also, that failure is the case most of this pursuit into the unknown. It's part of the process that you're going to be bad at it, but you develop this humility and you get comfortable with failing, right? You understand that, yeah, there's going to be a setback, but when you have a setback, you you get back up. And the more times you get back up, and then when you eventually have another setback, you're going to say, well, I got back up those other dozen times before. I'm just going to get back up again. So you 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 make getting back up reflexive in your nature. And there's a famous composer you may know, I guess who wouldn't know, uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. He's composed more than 1,100 pieces of music in his lifetime. And we only know, or we're aware, most of us are aware of, like a handful of these great masterpieces that Bach made and composed. But imagine all the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pieces that were mediocre or um, not so good or that were left in in the dark, right? Like he wouldn't have created these major standalone legendary pieces of music if it wasn't for all of those hours grinding away with those other hundreds of pieces of music. It's all part of the process, right? He wouldn't have got to these great pieces without working on all those other hundreds of pieces, if that makes sense. So it's like um, Picasso who paints every day. He says that action is the foundation to all success. Action is the foundation to all success. Those that remain stagnant have the most regret by the end of their lives. The potential that could have been lay unmanifested before them because they were too fearful of the unknown. Make it a battle against yourself in a year from now if I continue to grow 1% every day. My life would be totally different. Anxiety can be a marker of the place you do not want to be. So specify the place you are in that you hate. I hate being here uh, stagnant in my life, flailing about with anxiety, suffering like this, with poor posture, with feeling like I'm an unhealthy, smoking. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Okay, you specified the place you do not want to be. Okay, what's the goal? What's potential for you? Now, I have a journal that you can download. I'm sending out a newsletter this week. So if you go to unpluganxiety.com, if you sign up for the newsletter, I'm sending out a free, that's right, it's a free journal. It's a structured journal that has questions and you just have to fill it out every day. Do it badly, do it roughly. You don't have to do it perfectly with proper grammar, proper paragraphs, just write 
down the answers to the questions or just answer them roughly every single day and build upon a structure, a goal, a foundation. Where are you going? Because the fear of stagnancy can drive you towards a goal. No positive emotion can be found in someone who has no goal. It's like the muggles in Harry Potter. That's right, I'm throwing in a Harry Potter reference here. The muggles who remain unmagical, but they're unwilling to open themselves up to the magic around them. Like the Dursleys, right? They they close themselves off and they 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 restrict any talk of the fact that the castle the magical castle exists or the wizards even exist. They don't talk about it. And so they remain in their sphere of normalcy. To the anxiety sufferer, the pain is something that must be solved. And it makes sense because they're trying to do that, but a lot of the time it's in very unhealthy ways. It's like the coworker complaining, projecting their pain onto other people. It's some sort of way to feel good for the moment, right? And I used external means like family or spending a lot of time at home away from any hardships like work or, uh, yeah, mostly work or, um, you know, any other, like doctors, things like that. I was afraid of going to the doctors. So I would shrink my world down very, very small to the point where the fear around me actually grew to a great degree. And the more you run from the pain, the more it grows in size. So the anxiety sufferer uses these means to numb, soothe, and distract them, but the underlying problem still persists. It's not solved. They think they're solving it by the alcohol, the reassurance, but what's really going on? Perhaps there are things around you, or better yet, your behaviors need to be reoriented, your actions, and thus you will grow into the person you unconsciously want to become, the person who's independent, who's self-maintaining, confident, secure, strong. We all admire those people on the TV what, why can't you be that person? You can. Look to your actions. And you're going to have to do things you do not want to do. That's the harsh truth of it. I'm not coming on here, and you guys know this already. I don't come on here and I promote CBT, 
CBD oil or I'm, I'm trying to push you onto products or external means, by far I'm not doing that. What I'm doing is telling you, hey, you know, the, this road here that's difficult, that's your best bet going forward. And that's where I'm going to leave you today on this podcast episode. Thank you, everybody, for being here. I, you know, I ask this. This is all I want. Please rate and review this podcast on Spotify. It takes only a second. Just leave that review there. And I'll, I I check it out. I, I greatly appreciate it, guys. If you find this useful, please share it. Please, you know, this is a community of people who just want things to be better. We're all in this boat. And we're all looking towards the North Star. We're all pushing ourselves out of the cultural norms, building upon ourselves individually, being strong. Rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.